Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio. We're your host, Hurricane H, new day, new show, new topic, a very interesting topic, uh, a topic that, you know, might, uh, you know, touch everyone that's watching and listening today because we hear uh, a lot of stuff going on with health uh, and specifically when it comes to cancer, uh, it's a global pandemic. It's, uh, it's something that is existing. Uh, people are afflicted no matter where they are, uh, old, young, um, male, female, it doesn't matter, all over the parts of the world, this is something that has been ongoing and this century has shown, you know, has seen a lot of it. And um, I personally, you know, family-wise, I've been afflicted myself. I've known people who have been afflicted with it. We've lost people to it. And, uh, you know, there's always discussion about the cure and what's going on out there and uh, solutions and technology innovation. So today's show is very unique because I have with me uh, someone who founded and uh, he's a co-founder or founder and CEO of a company that's uh, really technology driven, but in the search and the research uh, in, in the cancer cure and, and different things. And he'll talk to us a little bit more about all that, you know, as we bring him on. So without any further ado, I have with me Nafid Alipur, and he is the founder and CEO of AI Med Global. Navid, welcome to the show. Hurricane, thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, be here and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Well, listen, I, I am actually all ears today. I want to hear a lot more about what the work you do. And I, I mean, it's you got some technical terms that, <laughs> you know, and names out there. And, you know, when we th when, when think AI, you know, artificial intelligence, it's it's just a lot of things. And I think that's the future, no matter what, you you know, every every aspect of life is kind of driving towards that, right? That's where we think the world is going to be and AI is going to be part of a lot of things we do. Uh, but so before we get into the tech part of it, I mean, uh, cancer is is something that's familiar to everyone yep. we see ads we, we we have marathons we have you know different things programs there's months dedicated to it there's so many things going on and it's worldwide and uh it is real it's happening all around us and it takes lives and uh it's been a challenge a lot of people have been doing a lot of work into it in, in the medicine world and, and the pharma world i mean there's so much you know uh research that's going on and and really they're working on it i mean but but yeah to date, no cure yet. Well, at least we don't know the cure that is. I mean, I've I just read something recently that there is some drug that they try they they tested in some mice, and I think fifteen percent of them, you know, had a complete. You know, I don't know if you read some of the, the article recently, but so there's there, you get those those little sparks out there. And you're like right. excited, yeah, finally something, right? But then again, we don't know that in human trials and things like that. That's that's way far from here. And then you know we hear solutions and tech, you know, in, in innovation such as your company. It's like, well, we want to hear about it. And I think today you you get an opportunity to share with us about the company, uh, the, the the actual story behind the company and your background, as well as, you know, what the work that you guys do. So let's start with that, Navid. What, what's the background and how you get to start, you know, AI MedGlobal? Yeah, no. So it's a great question. And, and I'd like to say that it was all masterfully planned and uh, and, and I, every step was on purpose, but the, life doesn't work that way, right? So there's a bit of serendipity, uh, a bit of, uh, uh, your know, luck being, you know, having an opportunity and taking advantage of it. So, um, you know, I come from a law and business background, uh, and you know, my, my, however, my father's a cardiologist retired. My, both my brothers are doctors, uh, my wife's side of the family, lots of doctors. Um, and, and so I went the law and business route. However, healthcare has always been, uh, my, my passion and that convergence of healthcare and technology that's happening right now was really, you know, kind of my calling and what, what gets me up every day. Um, and so we started a, a small venture fund here in San Diego uh, about 10 years ago, 
um, and we were investing in existing software companies. Um, and through that process, it, it, we, we met the scientists, literally rocket scientists out of UC San Diego, uh, which is really one of the epicenters of uh, uh, artificial intelligence, one of the birthplaces of it. Um, and uh, they'd done work for NASA before. And, and it was with them uh, that we started the first company within the AI Met global umbrella called CureMetrics. Um, and so CureMetrics is the one where we detect breast cancer and heart disease in women from the same mammogram. So it's a two for one, uh, which no one else does. So, uh, and I can delve into that, of course, uh, as we get into the conversation, but those are the two top causes of mortality in the world, cancer and heart disease. Um, and so if we're going to live longer, we have to hit those two head on, right? Um, and then we started CureMatch, the other company under the AI Med Global Umbrella, uh, because my business partner, uh, a gentleman by the name of Blaise Barlet, uh, a, a French gentleman who came here in his young 20s, fantastic uh, uh, a friend, like a brother to me. And, uh, you know, he had a big success uh, in the software world of the early 2000s um, and, um, you know, was investing his own capital in startups, which is how we met. Um, and he got diagnosed with cancer. Um, and from that process, uh, we met Dr. Kurzrock. Uh, for your listeners, that's uh, K-U-R-Z-R-O-C-K. If you look her up, you'll find a ton of content on her, one of the top oncologists in the world. Uh, so I'm happy to say that uh, my business partner is cancer-free, um, right. which is uh, amazing with you know where he was at initially. Uh, and it's because of combination therapies uh, and Dr. Kurzrock being one of the trailblazers, when we met her at MD uh, at Moore's Cancer Center, she'd come here from MD Anderson, um, you know, we said, this is amazing what you're doing. Have you thought of starting a company? So it's not just VIPs that have access to you that get this care, but this can be something we build a technology that can touch people all over the world. Um, cause cancer doesn't know borders or boundaries. Um, neither do we. And so that was the genesis of starting cure match, um, which recommends the best combination of drugs for each patient specific cancer. Uh, and so I'm happy to get into that further as well. But again, under the premise that if we're going to live longer and if modern medicine is truly going to advance more in the next 10 years than the last 50 years combined, which that's the consensus, um, then we have to do a better job uh, at detecting earlier and better, treating as fast as possible earlier and better with the best treatments, and then monitoring, of course, uh, great technologies out there, uh, whether it's um, you know, go in for your mammogram, do your blood work, get a, you know, cologuard for colon cancer, um, and, and, you know, other tools and technologies, including the Apple watch, by the way, I know several people that, um, because of, uh, uh, notifications of irregular heartbeats, uh, for example, uh, went to their doctors and, um, and caught a situation that could have been, uh, uh, you know, life-threatening, right? So that's the monitoring. So, um, we focus on the detect and treat um, right now at AI Med Global with CureMetrics and CureMatch. Thank you so much for for that uh, overall, you know, uh, brief on on the company and and the start, you know, of the company. And uh, first of all, congrats on doing it and and really taking it to the next level. Because uh, I mean, I, I would go back to to one item, which is hopefully preventative. Yeah. stuff but you know unfortunately you know sometimes that is too late i mean people are you know just the way we live today uh there is a very high chance that we will ingest things that may actually affect us whether <laughs> inhale stuff in the air or you know yeah. touch things and you know we use so many you know chemicals and things like that in this this environment that we have and therefore even our food you know there's a lot of processed food and things like that so we, we have a lot of potential reasons why you know our bodies are reacting and certainly you know be, becoming cancerous but but at the same time you know uh that's a whole different topic and we you know to, to discuss in terms of like what can we do measures before uh to even prevent you know somebody's body to actually even become in a position where it actually it's uh available to to the cancer you know uh cells and then therefore now you know it's uh, it's vulnerable but but you know we will we'll hold that discussion you know for a different topic and a different you know guest uh you know hopefully an oncologist to come on and talk to us about it but but really i love what you did in terms of like um uh, the the preventative part of it is really one, but really the detection or early detection is key. Uh, anything that you can detect 100%. up front 
it, it's it's a potential of like you know if it's still on still early on and that's that's a known fact whether it's prostate i mean for for example guys it's prostate for women is is breast cancer and those are like even colin god you mentioned colin god like you know colin cancer and you know so those are like some some things that you can do on a regular basis there are different technologies and things i mean traditionally we've people had cures i mean not cures but they get treatment or you know they have a diagnosis and now they go treatment and the common treatments are always you know uh before it's chemo and, and and there's radiation therapy now and now now we have a lot more stuff and you know hopefully you know with the way you actually are going to and we're going to dive into the details of how you you do your work uh because i think it's you know, it's got genetics going on there and everything i, I love you your little helix in the back <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? so 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 i i love that but but the fact of the matter this is this is an important piece right and and i, I love what you said about you know cancer as one and heart disease and, and to you, you you summarize it i mean well i mean those are like the culprits of <laughs> you know the majority of of, of the, the season in the sun yep. yeah i mean when you add those two i mean heart disease there's so many reasons why it happens uh, again, talking about diet, almost similar stuff, and you know it's one or the other. And then now you have these two that are that we live by. I mean, everybody is worried about those things, and it's just happening to to these days. It's happening more and more and more. I mean, you hear about it everywhere. I mean, everybody is worried about, it. and wow. and 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 so so that's the part. Now now you created first. You went from I love your background too. Like you're in the business, and therefore you're always thinking business ventures and things. But you've been surrounded with medicine <laughs> yep. all around, so therefore you were you were able to actually match those two elements, which they they jive well, and you did, and and then you started the concept, and then you've you know tacked on with one of the best young colleges in the world, and then that's the other thing. Now you you have someone that actually can really do the research and work, and you guys can support that, and and really uh, the objective is to really bring people closer to a healthier life style hopefully even eliminate some of these cancers you know as as quickly as they detected uh, yes. but now let's take let's talk about that process right so you mentioned something about a mammogram now we all know what mammograms are i mean you know you basically get your early detection for your breast cancer but but i love the idea that it's a dual you know mammogram concept where you can detect both uh which I, I have not heard of that before, and I don't think a lot of people have. <laughs> no, 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 we are we're definitely blazing the trail there. Well, listen, innovation is key, right? And, and you have to be in the next stage. And it is genius to actually combine those things. I mean, to your point, I mean, they're all chest-based, right? So why not two birds with a stone, right? Uh, you know, exactly. And, and so, uh, you know, something to touch on real quick is you, you, you brought up that obviously uh, preventing the cancer is the best, right? So, to, so yes, we can exercise and eat better and uh, avoid environmental uh, pollution as much as possible. Uh, but then there's just factors we don't control, right? Um, and so I'm sure you know people, I know people that are in their 30s, uh, even I know people that are vegetarian, they're skinny, they exercise, they don't smoke, they don't drink that much, and they get breast cancer right and in their 30s right and so there's a genetic element that you just can't control and we all know people that are obese and 90 years old and uh and are fat and happy right it's uh they're they're blessed by the gods by good genes right um now uh the the, the best thing of course is to uh to to do all the right things but even if you do you know you can get cancer and with breast cancer it's it, it, it's common it, we all know now right it's without question if you can detect it in stage one or two uh the odds of survival are significantly higher than if it's stage three or four so that's why it's so important that you know women of a certain age especially if they have family history you know go in uh on a regular basis uh annually for that mammogram now it's not comfortable uh from what i've heard of course as men we don't get mammograms uh, but from what you know it, it's not a comfortable procedure and as it is about half of women who should be getting them don't because um they're not afraid of it they don't have the family history it's not comfortable and, and so they avoid it or delay it um that said uh we think we can drive more women to do this because we could say not only will you get checked for breast cancer but for early signs of heart disease now how do we do that um in in that mammogram we also detect what's called microcalcifications in the arteries and capillaries of the breast tissue now we all men and women build up calcification in the arteries as we get older and some it happens much faster 
For example, folks from the Indian subcontinent tend to have higher calcification rates. Um, and so they need to be really mindful of this, um, even if they're vegetarian, right? And so that's where uh, if you can detect that calcification from the mammogram and score it, uh, that's early onsets of heart disease. And so that's what we can also do. It's a two for one, no extra radiation, no extra discomfort. You're already in there getting the mammogram, get your breast arterial calcification score as well. Um, and so with that, it then drives the patient to see a cardiologist, get the EKG, get the stress test, um, get on statins, hopefully no surgery or other procedures are needed if you get it early enough, uh, or at least you delay those. But getting on a statin, uh, and, and of course, the best thing is you don't need any medication, but the statin for men or women um, reduces the risk of a cardiac event by 50 to 60%. So it's a big deal. So if you can detect in a woman who's, let's say, 40 years old, she's skinny, she might not be a triathlete, but she exercises, she's in good shape relatively, she eats well, um, doesn't have heart disease in the family that she knows of, but goes in for that mammogram and calcification is detected. Now, she goes to a cardiologist, she gets on medication, she eats that much better, and so she's aware, and she can be proactive um, so that, you know, she doesn't drop dead from a heart attack at, you know, the age of 49 or 52 or whatever it is. Um, but I say 49 because there was a, a lady in the news recently, just not too long ago, um, that uh, died of a heart attack at 49, and I think she was uh, she was in the public eye of... Uh, uh, author or um, some sort, and uh, and and so it happens. Um, and with heart disease, and I'll hit pause after this uh, to, uh, of course, address any other questions on this. Uh, it's called the silent killer amongst women. Sixty-five percent die on that first heart attack, completely asymptomatic. So us men, we tend to have chest pain, shortness of breath. You go to the doctor; they do the appropriate tests and you know, tell you to eat better and exercise and get you on that statin, hopefully, right? We have those symptoms. Women don't have the same symptoms. So a woman might be fatigued, and that is actually a sign of heart disease or a heart attack for, for women, but the doctor doesn't pick up on that, right? Um, and so that's where um, it's it's called the silent killer in that the first heart attack for 65% of women is the last heart attack. Um, and, and so we are 100% on the cure metrics side of the business focused on women's health and breast cancer and heart disease detection at the top of the list in, in regards to prolonging lives and saving lives of women. Thank you, Navid. Well, so so you mentioned a couple of key elements. One is the, the genetics part, right? You know, you, you said that you can be skinny, you can be healthy habits, but if your genetics are prompt to, you know, some sort of a, a disease that's in your family genes, I mean, you might still be able to get a cancer cell, right? And yeah. therefore, or even heart disease. And actually, some families is rampant, you know. And um, again, like I said, I I've experienced it. You know, my ex-wife, you know, she was young, and uh, you know, she passed, you know, with breast cancers after three years of of suffering. Oh my and God, I'm, I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. I mean, it's you know, it's life, right? And we understand. That's why this is important. I mean, a lot of people yeah. out there, uh, you'll be surprised that you know, people young age or they they you don't see it, you don't even think it's ever going to happen until it happens, and. It, it's so fast. I mean, that's the other thing. That thing is so yeah. fast and depends on, you know, your body, your, your immune system, whatever. It can just destroy you quickly. And then before you know it, some, someone is no longer here. Right. Uh, and, uh, but I love what you, you guys, are, you know, you focus now, I'm, I'm assuming, as you said, cure metrics is purely hundred percent women, uh, preventative, yes. you know, and, and detection and, you know, cure, you know, uh, solutions that you're working on. Um, so, so that's important. And then similarly with heart disease, I, you know, I, I love the statistic and the way you, you mentioned it, cause I don't think we are aware of that. I mean, we hear that, you know, it's a 50, 50 shot. We hear different statistics, but, but really undetected and no signs or nothing. It's just like you drop and you collapse and it's over. Uh, that's something that is new to my, at least in my news personally, I, I have not heard that. And I think for some audiences right now, it's probably going to be like, whoa. Uh, and it is, you know, crazy to hear that. Like, you know, you're talking women, um, that, that could be just because we always think that the men are the ones who are actually crazy and they, they do all kind of crazy stuff and they, they right. you know, overexercise their heart and whatever. And then they're the ones who have problems, but, but you don't hear that on, on the women's side, which is, you know, unheard of, but, but, you know, this is all new. And I think it's important to share that value with, with the audience and the public, because listen, we, we all have women in our lives 
and we all love them and uh, we would love them to stay as healthy as possible and you know and never face any of those dilemmas right so absolutely if, if i could interrupt and add one thing sure. to the men yeah. um now that's on you know with our technology for mammograms of course it's not for uh men but if i can sit you know if i could save one life or have one person go do this and benefit from it, it it's worth taking some time on this so you and i as men can go to an imaging center and get a calcification score from an you know a ct scan right like you lie in the machine it, mm-hmm. it goes over you there is radiation it's not something you want to do every year but i encourage men especially if they're over the age of 45 to go do that um it used to be a thousand dollars and now it's a hundred dollars out of pocket i think um and and so i did this myself um and i know others that have done it because you know they had a loved one close to them and you know something happened but it's important to get that calcification score because it's one facet of knowing if you have it or not so you could uh, have a okay your ekg could be fine your stress test could be fine but you could have calcification so if you have that then you can get on statins that much earlier you can exercise and eat better that much earlier so i do encourage men to um to look into this and talk to their primary care provider uh, and doctor as well no thank you thank you for adding that and i just i would add something to that as well is that you know i know we we talked about you know breast cancer and it's predominantly known to be a women's you know uh, problem but there is a percentage apparently of men that actually can also have breast cancer which yeah, is not, not really common yeah so so i think and just because that's something that sometimes we don't think about as men but it is out there and there are cases where it has been detected and people do you know develop similar cells uh i mean yeah it's different dynamics but it still happens it's still and 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 not to make light of uh, someone who's obese as a man but someone once asked me um can a man get a mammogram well yeah if they're obese and their breast tissue is large enough yeah but but uh obviously they it's such a small percentage of men that get breast cancer listen i mean considering the facts today i mean if maybe not every year but maybe you know every now and then you know someone can do that maybe it becomes part of the preventive you know measure for all you know health you know uh care and hopefully that becomes one of your annual or every other like in men we do prostate every year right so this could be something you do maybe every three four years right uh, maybe that's something new to to introduce, right, in the healthcare. Uh, but but at least you know we can prevent you know some of these things. And early detection is the key, right? Uh, and I love what you said about well, there there's one thing I wanted to actually uh, comment on is you you were so right about you know the mammograms and uh, I you know again I have women in my family and and I know how dreadful when you actually have to to talk about mammogram sessions and it's just like it's painful and they have to go and. Uh, you know, I, it's not simple. I mean, I take care of my mom, for example, and, you know, when she does hers, I know it's difficult and, you know, and uh, sometimes she needs the assistance, you know, and people out there, you know, they help her, but it is painful and she's always complaining. <laughs> so, so it, it is, and I don't think there is anything that, that technology has made so far. I think that new machines are a little less, you know, uh, difficult to, to use, but I don't know that compression well, is there. No, I mean, look, I, I heard it saying that I liked, uh, I, I forgot who to give credit to for it, but uh, they said, aging is for the brave right and uh uh you age you, it, no one wants to go do blood work or get a colonoscopy or do a mammogram uh but you do it if it, you want to live longer right and uh there's no way around it i i i hate needles uh but you know you, you got to do what do it to detect earlier Listen, off the topic, I just literally had, you know, five days of a kidney stone and that was not a fun, you know, oh, no. week. You know, this last week was bad for me. I oh, was literally like, that. yeah, I just, I just finally, you know, I'm getting back into my swing thing, but it was bad. So I can tell you as you age, you know, a lot of stuff is becoming more difficult and you have to deal with, the, with all the stuff and it's not simple. You're right. Needles, this, that, the other uh, testing, you got to do all stuff and you have to maintain. That's the other thing. It's the the fact that we have to maintain i think we all get lazy and we say okay it's not happening it's okay and but it builds up it's little by little every decision every day uh whether you don't sleep enough or you have that extra slice of pizza or you don't right it, it all adds up and it, by, by the way advice is easier given than taken i i, I got a couple <laughs> of lbs i need to lose myself <laughs> but, uh, but we, we know the effect and you're right. We, all, I think everybody knows that watching right now, listening, we all know uh, we either play ignorant <laughs> or like, you know, the ignorance piece like, I don't want to hear about it. You know, it's all good. And, and denial. 
and or we really like so so hardcore and we go crazy about it right but at the end of the day we all make those calls we we do and, and you know that that's where to, to tie it into the cure match side for cancer uh cure match is not just for women it's pan cancer as the oncologist say any man woman or child unfortunately children get cancer too yep. Yep. um and so uh and you could exercise and eat great and all that stuff and you could still get cancer and so what we developed um you know as a technology platform to take to the world that was again dr kurzrock and her brainchild so to speak um is that if, if a doctor wants to recommend a three drug combination for a cancer patient th there's literally more than four and a half million combinations so it's beyond human cognition to process that and so that's what we do at cure match now cancer is like a snowflake no two snowflakes as we're about to get a blizzard in here in the us right uh they say it's going to be the coldest christmas in 40 years if, if i recall um <laughs> but no, no no two snowflakes ever look the same and no two cancers ever look the same right so we tend to in our lexicon it's we identify cancer by the part of the body it's find, found in or uh, you know breast cancer stomach cancer liver brain uh, lung uh, but cancer really increasingly especially by the oncologist is identified by the molecular makeup of it so um right now cancer patients uh you know gets diagnosed um the biopsy of that cancer tumor um is sent to a lab uh that does what's called ngs uh next generation sequencing and to the layperson i say that's like the 23andme or the ancestry.com of that specific patient's cancer and that specific patient's cancer is like no one else's cancer in the world and it never will be right like a snowflake no two are the same and so what we take we ingest that report that comes from these labs and these labs use the, the hardware comes from big companies, you know, public companies like Illumina or Thermo Fisher, and there's other private companies that are, you know, you know, bringing some competition there. Mm -hmm. But the labs, and again, the labs, some of them are public, uh, like Gardent or uh, Exact Sciences or Foundation Medicine, which is owned by Roche, the big pharma company, and other ones mm -hmm. are private. And a lot of community hospitals are setting up their own labs because, by the way, cancer is a business too, and these hospitals want to maintain that revenue stream, so they're developing their own labs to do sequencing on on site and and so as they do that the good thing is the price is going down right the price is sequencing is going down and that's our input we don't have a lab we're 100 digital um we don't want to be a lab um there's uh, you know others do that they produce the 31 page report the pdf that's our input we take that and then in our database that we're always curating with new research that our clinical team does and as new drugs are fda cleared we add it to the database, the the algorithm, the AI algorithm will match and say, based on this patient-specific cancer, the molecular profile from the next generation sequencing, and all the drugs available, here are the combinations of three drug, two drug, one drug combos that will respond the best, the patient will respond the best to. And what this is then driving for is better, uh, is the oncologist say PFS and OS, which stands for progression-free survival, or overall survival, I mean, living longer, right? Mm. And so, so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make cancer not a death sentence, but like diabetes and HIV, which used to be death sentences, but people now live with for decades and decades and de you know, and live much longer. Mm -hmm. And so, ultimately, of course, the goal is to be cancer free, uh, but uh, just like be you know, you know, be cured of HIV or diabetes. Of course, it doesn't happen like that. Uh, but you can live much, much longer if you can treat it uh, with the best drugs that, that will have the best uh, uh, response for that patient. Well, thank you. And I love, you know, I mean, now it's a lot easier to hear cure match. I mean, you really <laughs> customize the actual cure to to the actual cancer itself, you know, and uh, and, and your unique, you know, sequence, as you said. And and you're right. I mean, it's when you go to DNA and you get into that level, it's like everybody's got their own identity. And, and so everything, including the disease, happens to be unique and it's own. cancer is unique. Every yep. cancer is unique. No, no two will ever look the same. And in one uh, topic on artificial intelligence, I'll touch on um, AI is not going to replace the doctor, right? But the doctor using AI will replace the doctors that are not. Um, and so it's a tool, right? It's right, a right. it's a tool to empower doctors to take better care or, or you know of, of their patients, um, especially if we have a shortage of doctors, right? Uh, at, at a global level, 
Uh, so for, to allow the doctors to be able to see more patients and care for more patients. But what's also important to note, on the diagnostic side for cure metrics, uh, if you said, Naveed, here's 10 million more mammograms, do you want it? Of course, we train the algorithms. The more data, the better, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, though, that's machine learning. You say, here's a dog, here's a cat, it trains it. Here's breast cancer, or here's a normal breast tissue, here's breast cancer, and you train it. Um, at some point, it's a diminishing rate of return. Once you're 96, 97, 98, 99% accurate, how much better are you going to get? Cure match, on the other hand, is not machine learning because to train an algorithm and, and you know as much as folks like elon musk talk about ai and the robots taking over the world we're nowhere near that yet you still have to train the algorithm to do what you want and need that human intelligence with the artificial intelligence in, in many cases and with cancer not being the same for any two people you can't use machine learning because the whole premise of machine learning is give it the same exact thing and teach it to detect it. But if no two are the same, you can't keeps, use machine learning. It keeps changing, yeah. Exactly. So what we use is called KRR AI, Knowledge Representation and Reasoning AI, which is really the same premise in, in, behind GPS technology, right? Mm -hmm. If you and I were both in New York or you were here in San Diego where I am right now and we both wanted to get to the airport and mapped how to get there one second after each other, we don't get the exact same results because traffic patterns are always changing. And so that's where uh, that knowledge representation reasoning built in the system will say, you know, Naveed, this is the best path for you and Hurricane, this is the best path for you. And and so it's an, I, I like my analogy. So that's that's kind of uh, the one uh, that I, I think resonates well with people to say, it's really built in the system that knowledge representation reasoning of our team and the database um, and also gives us our competitive advantage um, because you can't just reinvent that and throw money at it to catch up, right? Um, it, it's similar to if I ask you if you use Google for search or Microsoft Bing, mm -hmm. I'm going to guess you say Google. Now, Microsoft has all the money in the world. They could throw to their Bing product. It's likely never going to catch up to Google search just because of the knowledge, representation, and reasoning built into Google gives it that competitive advantage. Thank you, Navid. And, and by the way, I, I I appreciate the analogy, and and also it's it's important what you said. I mean, because AI is still new to, to a lot of us, right? It's like something of the future. It is here, but it's still something that we've perceived that it's way far away. And in Europe, we're not at the level where you know we have cybernet. <laughs> you know, Skynet is taking over. Skynet, right? <laughs> Skynet is taking over. But the fact of the matter is, you're right. I mean, you have doctors; they're smart people and they do the work. But if you have so many combinations of pot potential. There's only so much they can do, you know, in their mind, you know, like physically they need just like calculating, right? I mean, you, you can calculate a certain amount of numbers, but eventually it gets too big. The algorithms are going to create a little bit more of, of a better, you know. Uh, you got, that's a that's a great, great example, uh, Hurricane. And it's like uh, Excel, right? Excel didn't replace CPAs and accountants. If anything, there's more CPAs and accountants, but <laughs> it's a tool they use to you know do their job better. Well, again, and and the data that's in it, you know, I mean, it constantly, you know, upgraded, you know, to the next level. So it has all the the input that it can actually smartly, you know, uh, uh, deduct, you know, the information and actually give the best potential outcome for that particular person. Exactly. And I, that's 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 very important. So I love the concept. I mean, it's really customized, you know, treatment here. I mean, you you're really uh, taking one's, you know, DNA and identifying what that problem is and then taking what's the best you know and to your point like that's the other thing i mean if here in this show today people are probably like well if that's the case why are people being treated the same way across the board i mean you go to a regular hospital you get the same chemo you get the same radiation therapy yet you know we are in in a cutting edge mode here with a whole different level of you know dna helix you know <laughs> you know ancestry type of level you yep. know of discovery here and you can actually cater and customize the tools that can help you kind of face that that dilemma and resolve some of it and make to your point survive or even you know live longer without any problem you you just brought up two great points if i could touch on sure. one um regardless of what the health condition is is cancer or it's a sprained ankle or you know whatever i really encourage people to advocate for themselves get a second opinion don't just take if, if you if your gut tells you there's something wrong or if it's something more serious a surgery for god's sakes get a second opinion right because um there are many cases where um you know doctors are human 
Um, and there are good ones and there's bad ones, right? And there's uh, and there's mistakes that are made, even if you know, you know completely unintentional. So, uh, with especially the more serious the situation, uh, I encourage people to get a second opinion. Um, I, I know several cancer patients that um, you know did that and and, and ended up uh, uh, really if not saving their life, uh, prolonging their life significantly. And, and, and the second thing I'll touch on, um, and this is outside of the healthcare space as well, the law will always be behind technology, right? That's just how it is. Technology develops, whether it's artificial intelligence here in the healthcare space or, you know, cryptocurrency, which then needs regulation and look what's happening in that world right yeah, now. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, that's on my world, but just like anyone else, I read about it. Um, and, and so the law is always going to be behind technology uh, in, in that adoption, right? And so when you live in a litigious society and we're a country of the rule of law, which, by the way, is a good thing, we have that, um, that, you know, you, especially in, in healthcare, you are going to want to have those, you know, call it FDA clearances for technologies that need that or CPT codes that give the validation to say, okay, the American Medical Association, the body that gives CPT codes, gave this company a CPT code. That that means they were vetted very deeply, right, uh, by by other doctors. Um, and, and so it takes a certain amount of time to get adoption. And then there's who pays for it. At the end of the day, who pays for it, right? And so if there are CPT codes and reimbursement, then, and then insurance companies will start doing that. The next generation sequencing I mentioned, for example, that the labs do, um, this started, you know, being used in 2012. They didn't even get reimbursement until 2018. So people had to pay a couple of thousand dollars out of pocket. Now, you have cancer, people do it. Uh, luckily, we're not that expensive. Um, but we, you know, we we will get our CPT code soon, knock on wood, and make that announcement where then the patient doesn't have to worry about paying it and the insurance companies will pay it. And, and in fact, we are talking to insurance companies as it is. Uh, because as for-profit businesses, um, their obligation is to take care of their covered lives, the people that they're insuring, but also to maintain costs and reduce waste so they don't have to keep raising healthcare premiums on us. Well, if we could detect breast cancer and heart disease earlier, not only will people live longer, but the insurance company won't have to spend as much money on treating them. And two, on the treatment side, if we could recommend the best combination of, the, of, of drugs as early as possible, they won't waste money on drugs that won't work and also in many cases are toxic to the patient um and oftentimes cancer patients die from the toxicity of these other treatments um and, and so that's where we're kind of trying to hit two birds with one stone of course we want to do good uh but it's uh it doesn't mean you can't make money or help save money and in to drive the insurance companies uh to uh you know to start wanting this to happen and paying for it um we have to show how they can save money or make money well thank you Nevin. you know one thing you didn't know is that actually i am an insurer <laughs> are you really no way <laughs> yeah i've been doing it for 28 years and actually i still work for the insurance companies as uh, i'm a vp of uh, medicare sales so i work with the senior markets but i'm, well, I'm well, deeply well, involved we need, in... we need to we need to talk after this <laughs> we, we we certainly will and 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 you're right i mean you know you were talking and my mind is just like you know, this is something that an insurance company would want to have because technically this will save, you know, a hospitalization and all the expensive treatments that they have to, you know, to dish out. So if something is is innovative and it can do better for lesser cost, I mean, that's always welcome at the insurance space. So, well, then, and you, so you might know the statistic of the most up to date one better than I, but it's a huge percentage of people in the US that are covered by self insured companies that then the TPAs work with, right? The third party administrators. So, um, those self-insured companies, um, they not only want to, you know, bring better care for their covered lives, their employees themselves, their own mm -hmm. families, but they need to mind the bottom line and the costs. And and so if we could help those self-insured companies and work with the brokers to, to say, hey, this, uh, you know, this coverage um, will, uh, you know, deliver better care and save you money and reduce wasteful spend. Um, then that's, you know, that's a win-win. Well, thank you. And, and, you know, it's funny because 
there is always a misrepresentation about the insurance space and and the insurance and you know they're like the boogeyman right <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is you know without insurance it's all out of pocket right it's all the yeah. cost right with insurance you pay some and it's a risk share and hopefully you know it's managed well enough that you can do this and to your point the cost is you know uh you know skyrocketing back you know over and over then those costs eventually become premium hikes and then people are not happy uh, and that's just the cycle. But really, the insurance, you know, can if if it gets to a point where the cost is acceptable, you know, the premiums and everything else. You know, yeah, I mean, there's talk about you know making millions and and stuff like that and, and bonuses and things. We don't have to talk the politics there. But but of not course. all insurance is made equal. I mean, we talk about commercial right now, but I mean, uh, like I mean, the government programs, which is highly regulated, and we talk about Medicare and Medicaid and different programs that are not, not, you know more administered by the government. But either way, it's still there to manage, and there is the same concept of, you know, insurance, CPT codes that you, that, that you mentioned. All yeah, these yeah. things have to be in place, and uh, you know, there's always determination. You have medical staff that does this thing, but but no one. I think I can tell you the rule number one: any insurance doesn't matter who they are. Um, insurance doesn't like hospitalization. They don't yep. like emergency room because <laughs> right. the cost is that's where they they lose their shirt and they have insurance for insurance. I mean, we have catastrophic insurance, you know, policies. Stop, loss, stop right. loss. Exactly. So we have those just to prevent some of these, you know, episodes when someone really like in the hospital for a couple of months. So it's crazy. Right. So so it's important. But but I think innovation like yours, you know, can, you know, bridge that gap and hopefully make the access to better cure and 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 test trials instead of going crazy and just do this treatment doesn't work let's do the radiation it doesn't work let's do this and it doesn't work that way because that that's the cost that's elevated more and more in your case if it's done correctly the first time and then the rest of it is history and then you can get the right treatment off the bat and you're good i, I love where you also mentioned something about the concept of uh, you know second opinion yeah. uh, because you're right i mean you know you get that first news this is bad, right? And uh, you know, and you're desperate, so you'll take whatever they give you. But I think that's that's an important piece where people have to do. I mean, I've had a whole show about someone who actually went to, you know, the chemotherapy and everything, only to find out that they even had cancer. <laughs> oh man, there's no, there's some horror stories about that. And in fact, at this point, it might be 15, 20 years ago, but I think there was an oncologist in Michigan that it was on, like he's in jail now. It was on 60 Minutes where. Like these people didn't even have cancer in some cases, or they were overtreated, um, and that's that's a in the U.S. It's not anywhere else. Um, they the oncologists profit in, in in some cases, and I'm not you know that's on my space as to you know their you know how they're making money on this front, but they they buy the drugs in bulk and they profit. They have a profit margin on administering cancer uh, drugs to to their patients. Well, you mentioned something also earlier is that it is a business. Healthcare is a business and there is a cost. There is profitability, this stuff. And sometimes that causes people to get a little excited about making a profit. And sometimes it depends of the the impact is actually affecting the, the patients and the outcome, right? Yeah. And so And that's where insurance gets in. There's fraud, waste, and abuse. There's all these checks and balances. It's a little crazy, but it is real. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like you can win. I mean, <laughs> everybody wants the cure. And everybody yep. wants a solution, but then to get there, you got to go through the system. And if someone somewhere in that process is corrupted, whatever, or just kind of like excited with some extra money, you know, they play games and then it becomes, you know, affecting on people. So get, get uh, a second opinion. That's if, if, if someone walks away from this with nothing else, if, if you get bad news, whether it's cancer or it's again, like I said, a surgery or treatment for heart disease, get a second opinion. Well, well said. And again, the second opinion for the health piece of it, get a nutritionist, get a naturop naturopath, get everything that you can. I mean, I've had so many different, you know, guests that talked about different types of, of solutions, whether it's diet and this and the other, and they all kind of, and I've had so many people with cancer you know, stories that actually had survived and done better, you know, with yeah. different treatments that were completely off the grid. Right. And they were able to, to secure a healthier life, you know, eventually. And again, hey. Yeah. Oh no, no. Sorry to interrupt. I I just want to say, uh, oncologists are truly special people. I mean, to to be uh, in an environment where you're giving this horrible news to a man, woman, or a child, the parents of the child, and and many times they do die on them. It, 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 like they have to build up a certain level of thick skin, right, to do what they do. Hats off to them. And, and so they are they are truly special people. And and so when I say get a second opinion. It's not to by any means 
uh, it, I just want to be clear to say like the doctors are bad or oncologists are bad. Absolutely not. But everyone is human. Get a second opinion. There's technologies that are out that not everyone is aware of yet. Um, and and so, you know, whether it's someone I know that, um, you know, is getting treated in San Diego, but, you know, paid $1,500 to have an oncologist at Stanford, just give, give them a, just look at it and say, hey, would you do give the same treatment? And to have them say yes, that peace of mind, like, okay. Or in my in the case of my business partner, where uh, the oncologist he was first referred to said, come back next week, basically, and we're going to start you on this chemotherapy, even though you'll probably be dead in four years, is basically the message he got. He didn't really like the sound of that. And that's where he did his homework and found Dr. Kurzrock at Morris Cancer Center. Um, and he's cancer-free. Um, and he it was not the treatment that he was initially going to be given. Well, I mean, first of all, I appreciate what you said. And thank you so much for, for, for making that clear. I mean, first of all, I believe all doctors, you know, they are miraculous people and they help people to and save lives. And to your point, the oncologists are, are on the, the worst part of it because they have to. You're an oncologist. You're t- talking cancer every day. Yeah, like <laughs> and, you, you, you don't that, want to that, ever have to see one, right? That, that's, the, that's the business, right? And, and right. unfortunately, you know, it's something that they have to deal with day to the day in, day out. And the outcomes are, you know, 50-50 shot at best. And, you know, people, you know, so there's always that they're prepared to those and it's tough. Uh, and, and again, when you said something about second opinion, I think in general, people just have the ability to actually learn different options that they have before they make. And and traditionally, uh, you know, cancer has been very expensive. You know, yeah. the the the, uh, the uh, thought of having uh, that disease, sometimes people, they have the, they can literally cure or at least, you know, save themselves, you know, by early on, but they can't afford to go through the process initially and then it's too late. And, and like, for example, in New York, I mean, we are, you know, Sloan Kettering is like one of the biggest, you know, institutions. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But, but for the most part, they don't take private insurance or insurance, so it's self-pay. And a lot of people can't afford the top-notch, you know, treatment or the, 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 the technology and the stuff they have there. So just to give you an example, and that's exactly across the nation. That's in the U.S. Now, we don't even want to talk overseas and in other parts of the world where, you know, the medicine is much lesser in a lot of parts, right? So it's it's difficult right. for people to have access. But what I love about your concept and your company is that you are literally the next generation. I mean, that's really what it is. And, and, and we can get to the masses and help people regardless of their, you know, the economic class because um, it isn't that expensive, uh, one, um, you know, we're not, you know, what we do again, it's like, we're not taking the cancer biopsy. We don't have the expenses of a lab. There's already companies that do that. So they're, what they do is our input. Now, of course, if someone is in Bangladesh um, and, you know, or uh, Zimbabwe or somewhere that is harder to get that care to begin with, that's not, you know, that, that, those are other problems, right? And right. that's where there's a lot of great work being done by nonprofits and, and uh, the World Bank, I know, and others to, to, you know, these mobile centers to go into rural communities across the world to, you know, do blood work, prostate on exams on men, you know, mobile mammogram centers for women, because again, that detection is, of course, the first thing. Um, and so it's it's not something we're going to solve overnight. But uh, look, I mean, what, what other, uh, what else is there that is worth fighting for and getting up for every day than to, you know, help yourself and others live longer? Well, health is wealth, right? And, and you know, if yeah. you can't, if you can, you know, continue healthy, it's there's not no money in the world can make a difference. I mean, yeah, you can pay and get your services, but at the end of the day, your health is over, is over. So you got to do whatever it takes to do it. People will sell their homes to find, you know, a solution to cure whatever to find a medicine. Uh, but but so so that takes me to 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 my next question. So the steps, basically, someone gets diagnosed, right? Um, uh, do they have? Let's say, how do they get the data to you? I mean, do they have to connect with you, or the doctor will refer them to you, and then basically you will give them a prescription, you know, to to a lab to do the sequencing, and then you get the results. Great question. Great question. Uh, so, patient, you know, gets that horrible news; they have cancer, right? Um, and however they found it, they found it. Uh, and of course, what do people do when they have conditions? They get on Google, they search, right? They Google, you know, different cancers and treatments. And and so people are finding us. I mean, we had a patient from Poland uh, a couple of weeks ago that found us um, and we were able to cure match him, uh, which is pretty cool, by the way. I use the company name as a verb because doctors are saying, did you cure match the patient? And so 
Um, he, and he already had his next generation sequencing done, so it was very fast. Um, so if a patient finds out they have cancer, uh, they should make sure they should ask the doctor about getting an NGS panel, a next generation sequencing panel. And, and so the doctor will then, and a lot of them are increasingly, the majority are doing this anyway, but just make sure they do it, right? Get that uh, biopsy sequenced. Uh, that takes two to three weeks by these labs. And then that's what we need as our input. So then the the patient, the doctor sends that uh, to us by either PDF or the doctor's office can enter it on our private site, uh, enter the information off the PDF. Um, and again, that's why I, I say we can help patients anywhere in the world because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter you know, how, where they access the internet. We just need them to enter it or even just email it to us if it's harder for them to enter it, depending on where they're at. Um, and then once we have that information, uh, we will turn that around in two to three business days. So we're much faster than the lab part. Now, the cost of it, who pays? Um, that right now, it is out of pocket. The patient pays. Um, or some labs are baking it into their costs. So we have labs that are already doing the sequencing and they'll offer that to, you know, do you, you want to pay, you know, extra to get cure matched? And we then do that volume-based pricing depending on, you know, how many, um, you know, cases are getting cure matched by that lab. Um, and so once the CPT code uh, kicks in, of course, then, in, you know, insurance will ultimately pick up these costs. But right now, uh, you know, our, our costs are, you know, $1,500 a patient. Um, that said, we actually have a gift of cure match campaign going here during the holidays. Um, if anyone wants to buy a cure match report for a loved one, it's $900, I think is where we had it. Um, and uh, I'll also note, uh, we're a small company, but you know, the, uh, where we can make an impact, uh, we want to. And so for any child with cancer, any pediatric cancer, we are, zero cost we are complimentary so if god forbid anyone's child has cancer or they know someone uh we will cure match them at no cost are are you working with like san jude's hospital or something as well or we'd love to work with them they're obviously an incredible organization and a big organization um and so i know our team is uh you know working to to you know lock arms with them um but no right now we're not working with them specifically no, I'm just, I mean, just curious, but, I, but the idea that you actually afford, you know, provide this for, for children for free at no cost. Yeah. I mean, I don't like to use the word free, but at no cost, there's always a cost. Yeah, we say complimentary, right? And, and, and the reason we did that, we, a couple of years ago, we had a case where the pa- parents couldn't afford the $1,500 and, and we just couldn't live with ourselves to not help them. Right. And so fortunately there aren't that many kids with cancer. Um, but the cases that there are, um, have come, we, we said, let's, you know, we're not here to make money off, you know, off this, let's, let's help them. Um, if, if of course the volume is much higher, we're not a huge company. It's, you know, that's a different situation, but to date we are 100% complimentary to, um, to cure match any child with cancer. Now, once, once the, thank you for that. Once, once the, the cure match is done and there are, and there's oh. a formulation, what's the next step? Uh, yes, oh, thanks for getting me back on track there. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good. So once once we cure match them, so we literally produce our report. It's like you know twenty nine thirty page report, and we'll s- then the doctor gets that. The patient gets it too, but mm-hmm. it's it's Greek to them, right? They need a doctor to interpret it for them, and so now it's a decision support tool, um, and the doctor uses that uh, on top of all the other information they have on the patient. Uh, do they have a family history? Are they obese? Do they drink? Do they smoke? There are other health issues. So the doctor takes all that in addition to the cure match report to ultimately decide what treatment to give the patient. So we are another uh, tool in the toolbox for the doctor to, to use uh, in deciding what treatment to give. And, you know, we've had um, some, you know, incredibly prominent doctors. Uh, if you look on our curematch.com website, uh, Dr. John Link, for example, example L-I-N-K, uh, John Link, He's one of the world's top breast cancer oncologists. And, um, you know, he said we have changed his therapy decisions. Um, and so, again, incredible doctor, uh, but no human can process four and a half million combinations. And so that's what we've done. And um, and we've been, he's obviously, uh, as he says, we've changed uh, his therapy decisions in, in some cases. 
I think we'll get an error message. <laughs> if you did, I said, we'll get an error message to combine all that stuff in our mind. You're not going to be able to come up with a number. It's like those calculators. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. It's, it's impossible. And, and that's where, um, you know, technology is there to empower us to uh, deliver better care. It's not here to replace the human. Um, in fact, I think there's a lot of areas where AI will replace humans, whether it's driverless cars or trucks or Ubers or taxis. Um, and there are jobs that will absolutely be lost, um, uh, but it'll bring other efficiencies and it'll bring jobs that we don't even think about right now. Right. But in the healthcare world, it's, you know, we have such a shortage of doctors and nurses and, uh, uh others in the field. Um, it's, it's there to empower the, the, those in the healthcare industry. And, and the fact is, um, a human doesn't want a robot or, a, a, an AI to tell them they have cancer. Uh, they, they want, they want another human, human yeah. To, yeah, put put their arm over the shoulders and say, you know, you know, we got this. We're going to do everything we can to help you, and this is the plan. Well, so so Navid, you you give the report, but technically the report is already kind of you know it has a juice in there, has already the magic formula. This is like the best potential treatment based on the the data that we have. So the doctor now just has to match basically their view of whatever their their you know biopsies and all the the things that they've done. And then combine that, and then ultimately they they pretty much given some sort of a prognosis and, and a treatment already. Yeah, no, I mean that that's um, in fact you you mentioned something uh, that I neglected to mention. So thank you, Hurricane. Uh, we could also cure match the doctor's combination. So the doctor could say, "Hey, I'm thinking of giving this combination," and we could run that through our system and come back and score it and rank it um, against other treatments. Um, so we could also do that, and we could also say, "Whatever you do." Don't give this combination. This combination will have a bad side effect. Um, but but then the, the next part after that, let's say the doctor, we, we cure match the patient, we get that report of the doctor, uh, he or she's like, yep, this makes sense. Um, at the end of the day, those drugs have to be paid for by insurance, right? The reimbursement has to be there. So there are cases where that's not a problem. And there are cases where insurance companies are asking for, well, tell us why we should pay for this because Merck's Keytruda is supposed to be for lung cancer, not stomach cancer, right? Yeah, step and, therapy and, and did all that other right. stuff. And, and I say Merck's Keytruda, by the way, because it's a fantastic drug that uh, initially was meant just for lung cancer when it got FDA cleared. But we actually ended up finding out early on and we, we saw it earlier. And now others know this too, and it's being used for other treatments. But we had a stomach cancer patient um, that uh, we we cure matched and it came back and Merck's Qtruda was one of the three drugs we recommended and his oncologist said huh I would have never thought of that because it was stomach cancer not lung cancer and so that's where we come in to say look based on the science this is not throwing darts this is based on this patient's the molecular profile of the cancer patient and the cancer patient's cancer and the drugs available and the you know the how they interact with each other. Uh, it, it's it's truly based on that level of accuracy and detail um, that uh, that our report functions on, um, and, and so it's, it's where I said you know law is always going to be behind technology, and the insurance companies ultimately I think are going to drive our the adoption uh, the farthest of our technology. Um, in fact, we had someone from the your world from the it was a stop loss insurance uh, industry executive that uh, said this should be a medical necessity. And that's, of course, the industry language for saying, we're not going to pay for these drugs unless it's a medical necessity and you've cure matched the patient, right? And, and so that's where we want to drive this is that uh, every patient, um, they get cancer, unfortunately, should get uh, sequencing done by a lab. It could be any lab, but at least they get that done. Um, and then some level of combination therapies are recommended. Um, of course, ours being uh, the 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 superior one, um, but there are others that recommend some combinations as well. Um, in as, as to in why that's being recommended, I actually would agree. I mean, you you're you're almost becoming you're going to become you are the vetting you know tool. I mean, it's you know these are what what does cure match say? <laughs> it's like if cure match says this is the combo. Well, you telling me I need this combo, right? This is not the, the you know this is probably a better you know tool a better solution and definitely better outcome therefore we would like to go there that this will be something that for example for redeterminations or even determination for authorizations things like that this could be used as as there too I mean and now this is 
specifically through you guys, or it is this is maybe like a, a software that can that health insurance can also acquire. I mean, I'm not sure if that's even in the game, but it, it's I mean it's through us right now, and so like we could work with an insurance company, for example, on a per member per month model to say we will offer this to all your covered lives. Got it. Uh, and the the more patients that are covered, the lower the cost is per member per month, right? Um, right, right now it's paid for, uh, you know, you know, per patient that's done or per, per, per case. Um, but ultimately that's where I say, you know, I want us to be successful, not based on the number of patients we cure match, but based on the number of lives we cover. Listen, and, and I think that's the access to that will make a big difference. Uh, so, so, so I think that's, that's the best piece on the cure match. Now the cure metrics, just to, to clarify, I think it, it's, a different aspect of it right yes. it's so if you don't mind can we just i know it's you said it's 100 women driven yeah right? but but what what's the the main differentiator in terms of that other than you know just the specialty so with, with cure metrics again it's a diagnostic it's detecting right it's software we're not hardware yeah. um we could be uh, it doesn't matter if the hospital or imaging center has a ge machine or a whole logic machine uh we could go on uh any uh, one of those machines and we're 100% cloud-based. So, uh, we could process, you know, 10 million mammograms right now or, or 10,000. Right. And so that's the beauty of what we do, where we came at this with 100% software approach, whereas a lot of these legacy companies are not cloud-based. Um, and, and so we're very scalable in that regard. Um, there already, uh, is, um, on the breast cancer side, the CPT code is already there. Um, the CM angio, uh not yet and because it's a diagnostic we have to get fda cleared first before we can legally sell it mm -hmm. um so that's the difference right between you know cure match is not a diagnostic so it's not uh we can sell it now just you know people have to pay for it until there's a cpt code uh on the cure metric side um because it's a diagnostic we can't legally sell it until we have fda clearance now we do have one clearance on uh one of our breast cancer products cm triage in fact it was the first of its kind um in you know 99 accuracy um and we have uh, a couple others not to bore your listeners on it but curemetrics.com uh kind of list all this it's all public um and then on the cmng of course the heart disease detection it works now uh but we don't we have to get the fda clearance before we can then sell it and then ultimately it's going to be a software a, a healthcare uh you know it software that imaging centers and hospitals would buy and radiologists are the ones that use it right so when this of course is cleared um again that's where i always say advocate for your own care and you know patients can ask are you using cure metrics technology i want to um you know and if not why not what are you using what's the difference you know ask the questions um so there are other imaging companies that offer you know use some elements of ai to detect breast cancer uh and i would argue that you know we're we're at the top of the list there um and the results speak for themselves but no one else um does what we do on the heart disease detection so essentially cure metrics once it, it's live and it's, it's out there it will basically be the the solution where people actually get the diagnosis and then that can feed into your cure match concept and then right i mean i'm, I'm getting that that story it, straight it, it, yeah, specific to breast cancer. Yeah, yes. it feeds into then. So yeah, so you uh, you could say that there could be a woman who goes into an imaging center and uh, goes in for her annual mammogram. They have Cure Metrics technology uh, there, uh, and and it's used. Uh, breast cancer is detected, and then the oncologist uh, uh, you know sends that uh, does an NGS panel, a sequencing from a lab. And then gets that to us a cure match, and we then produce our report that says, based on this patient's cancer, here's the best combination. So there is that handoff on the breast cancer side. Very nice. But again, I know we've talked so much about the breast cancer, but but or the cancer in general, but but the heart disease is just as 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 important as is big, and that's something that you're also fighting and working on. Yeah, and I mean that that's again not to take anything away from breast cancer, um, uh, but but heart disease. Uh, is is the definitely the largest uh, cause of mortality there um and so if, if we can help detect women that are walking uh you know whether it's you know the streets of new york or la or india or germany or anywhere in the world um and uh you know 
they could be walking heart attacks and not know it. And that's where we can go in and um, off their existing mammogram. They don't even have to go in for a new mammogram. We could look at uh, retrospectively at the one they did last year, or the year before. Well, that, that's, that's awesome news. I mean, for folks watching and listening, I mean, if you're going to do that, I mean, uh, now uh, this is just to be clear. So any mammogram doesn't matter. They just have to reach out to you guys. Or like maybe they send you the results. Uh, well, how would that work? It, it has to right now, again, we have to get it FDA cleared. And so, uh, okay. you know, knock on wood, that's going to happen here in 2023, um, around the corner. And then, um, once it's cleared, then yeah, we have to, cause the premise is again, we're a technology company. We're not a medical practice. That's sure. a totally different business. So we can't practice medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where, um, and they, patients can reach out to us, of course, and say, you know, keep, keep us updated or how can I get to a doctor that could then, um, use cure metrics technology to te- detect my breast cancer. And so then, you know, we could uh, direct them to the right uh, location that has our technology in place. Well, at least they, they, that's that's a possibility today. They can reach yes. out to you and you can guide them to whatever is available in their vicinity. Hopefully they can get, you know, some close, you know, uh, uh, I guess, vision of what's going on within their heart. And, and I mean, to your point, they already did the work and the pain. Might as well just get the double, you know, results. Yeah, the double benefit. Yeah, yep. exactly. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, I think we've exceeded the hour of, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, we've covered a lot and, uh, you know, I, I think you guys are doing a terrific thing and I, I love when technology is in place because I think, you know, technology makes a difference today in healthcare, you know, specifically technology is, is a big deal, right? I mean, it's changed the way, the way we do things, right? In healthcare and, and, um, you know, it's, it saved lives, you know, lives, you know, to date and it's, it has a premise to do a lot more. And I think with AI and the way you do in this, specifically in this area of cancer and, and heart disease, I think you guys are going to be, you're the innovators here and we look forward to your success. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you all over the place and, and you know, your, your technology and your services will be available to all the insurance. And to your point, becomes the process. You want to get, you know, cleared, you need to go through <laughs> cure yeah. match. That'll be a, that will be a perfect thing for oncology. Uh, so we, you know, I personally, uh, I, I, I can't say I endorse you because there's nothing to endorse you, but I can, I can say I, I really, you know, admire the work and I, I, I wish that, you know, you guys can, you know, do more and more and help a lot more people worldwide and why not, you know, the, well, the beauty of it is saving life. So. No, uh, thank you. Thank you for the kind words to hurricane. And of course, uh, helping get the word out. Um, that's what we're trying to do is let as many people know about what we're doing. Um, and uh, again, they can go to, um, uh, AIMedGlobal.com, uh, which then drives to CureMetrics or CureMatch, or if they're interested in either one, uh, just go to the specific website, CureMatch.com or CureMetrics.com, and uh, we'd, we'd be happy to, of course, talk to uh, anyone further on this. Well, Navi, thank you so much. I think, you know, we're going to do just that, and the show is going to be airing live across, you know, all the globe, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll reach out to the right people, and hopefully whether they are just, you know, uh, folks that are interested or in the medical, the healthcare system, I think it's, it's, it's perfect, you know, where they can learn about this and maybe be ahead of the game in aligning with you guys. So as you guys progress, that's, that service can be available to, to the people and hopefully at very minimum cost. So I think that's important. So Navi, thank you so much for being with us today and for the, the valuable insights here. I mean, it's great stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Hurricane. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. And folks, thank thank you for being with us. And watching and listening, I hope this this show, you know, is really making a difference and hopefully is a resource for your folks and, and for anyone out there. You know, if you think someone can benefit from it, please share with them. And that being said, I'm Hurricane H. We'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic. Bye for now.